For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. WFO Radio back on the air. Joe Costello in the WFO Radio studios. We're getting ready for the Circle K ZMAX 4 wide, but we got to recap and catch up with the winners out there in Houston. We've got Matt Hagan going to be on the show. We've got Steve Johnson going to be on the show. And as I showed you just a second ago, Brittany Force going to be joining us from somewhere out there on America via Skype at some point. Plus, We've got a young lady from West Palm Beach, Florida named Madeline Marconi, who is spearheading the fight. And that's what it is. It's a fight. It's a battle to save one of the local drag strips in our community, Palm Beach International Raceway. She is out there taking it to the city. And we're going to hear what Madeline Marconi has to say. Hagen's going to be up first. But first, I want to tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO each week. Appreciate these folks, and it has been amazing to see how they have been so helpful to the WFO radio community. Like Phillips Connect, phillips-connect.com. Are you a fleet manager? Do you have trucks going over the road? Do you sell trailers to people like racers? Pay attention because it is an enterprise business. They have got all kinds of sensors that can keep your loads safe and your drivers safe out there. Go to phillips-connect.com. They are a technology company. Jim Epler is heavily involved, Mr. 300 miles per hour. And of course, Justin Ashley, phillips-connect.com. Also, Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com at Hartford, and the team over there helping you unlock the hidden horsepower in your engine. I suggest you check out the new podcast, Hidden Horsepower with Greg Anderson. He reveals all kinds of great information about pro stock, pro stock engine building, and how it was something he had to like learn about. Totalseal.com. VP Racing Fuels, VP Lubricants, and VP Fuel Additives. Now, of those things, it depends on what you're doing. If you are a racer, VP Racing Fuels. If you are a regular consumer, VP Fuel Additives. And you happen to be a pro stock racer, maybe VP lubricants is something you want to look at because Camry Caruso went to number one with VP lubricants inside her Titan racing engine. Go to vpracingfuels.com to find out more information. Very proud to have VP racing fuels on with us. And then there's ftiperformance.com, torque converters, transmissions. I don't need to say any more than the spring fling at Galat just started in the first final round. Guess what? A battle of FTI cars. Troy Williams and the rabbit. Again, Kevin Brannon goes out there and wins another $20,000. Like he needed it, right? Yeah, you always need it. FTI Performance Transmissions, FTIPerformance.com. Torque converters, transmission fluid, and transmissions for high-powered pro mod, top dragster, top sportsmen, or your dot .90 or big money bracket race car. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about samtech.edu, Frank Hawley's drag racing school, and my buddy, 
Marvin Rodak and Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com from Fort Worth, Texas. But right now, we're going to go out to, I think he's in Virginia. He's back home doing a little bit of work on the farm. Mr. Matt Hagan. What's up, Matt? How are you? What's up, Joe? How are you, buddy? I'm great. What are you up to today? Like, what happens? This is a short week. And short I know you're a week, yeah, guy. Man. What are you yeah, doing? Super short week, you know, and uh, it's kind of one of those things where you're home for a few days, trying to get all your dry cleaning done, you know, uh, check on all the stuff on the farm. We're laying hay down. We got, you know, we're selling cattle. We're buying cattle day at the stockyard. Just, just, just not, not enough hours in the day, man. You know, it's just kind of one of those things where you, you get a couple hours of sleep and you go back and do it again. But uh, super blessed, you know, I got to looking through, um, you know, my, uh, I got, you know, those posters of like you know, the winds and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just stumbled, like, I got a big thing that they, my folks made me for Christmas and just stumbled upon it across it this morning. I was just flipping through it and just so blessed, man, you know, to just kind of like look back at some of those memories and stuff and the Houston deal, you know, winning my first race there. And, uh, you know, just, just kind of one of those things where I guess I've been to 70 finals and 41 wins now or 72 finals and 41 wins. And, and, um, I guess it's a pretty good batting average, you know, for baseball or something. I don't know how that really, you know, translate into drag racing, but, um, that's just, just a lot of rounds, man, and a lot of wins and just a lot of, uh, opportunities to, to put trophies up on the shelf. And, what um what a special weekend with with Dickie Venerables and you know second race of the year for TSR and we put a nice little gap there on Robert with a points lead I think we got you know sixty points or something like that spread now and um which you know that ain't a whole lot but it's it's something you know and it's just uh to come out and just run so strong we've had we've been to every final except for one and um you know and I think we went to a semifinal so. Uh, Cars just running really good. Dickie's doing a really good job making the calls on race day. And, and um, you know, my lights have been on point, and I feel like I'm driving the car well and seeing the groove. And, and uh, you know, it's just all clicking, man. It's firing on eight cylinders, you know. So it's has been good. Well, you said, uh, you, you you know, I pay attention when you speak. And you say a lot of good stuff, man. You know the stats. You know what's up. And that the year after you finish second, you have won the championship in the past. Like you come back with a vengeance. Like it's annoying to finish second. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and that's what's happening. All final rounds, except for one race, which was a semifinal round. And that is strong. That's dominance. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew that. Know, though. This team has been so good for a long time. You guys, yeah, are, we'll have our valleys too, man. You know, you have that in in fuel funny car racing. You're going to have some peaks and valleys, and you're going to have a couple races where you go like, "Damn, that didn't go our way," or we're going to be on the backside of a good drag race, and those are expected, you know. But I think if we can keep the consistency up and and go those rounds, and you know, if you're starting to make it to semis, you know, quite often, it's uh, those points start adding up fast, you know, and. And, you know, we, we all realized that we were going to reset the points there at the end of the year and, and start all over. But, um, you know, it's, it's just nice to, you know, if we can stretch this lead out here and, and do well. But, you know, Funny Car is so competitive. I mean, way more, I feel like, than, than Top Fuel. I mean, there's, there's a handful of good Top Fuel cars out there, but there is a pile of Funny Cars that are good, you know. And it's uh, any time that you can go out here and, and um, you know, do well in the Funny Car category, I think that, it's just just super challenging, you know what I mean. So, uh, not taking anything away from top fuel, but I just, I just, you know, if if I'm a team owner, I'm gonna I'm gonna build some top fuel cars because I feel like I have a, uh, an opportunity to win more over there. You know what I mean? Just because uh, funny car is just so competitive. There's ten to twelve cars out of that sixteen car field that you know run every weekend. They run strong, and we mix up qualifying on a regular basis. You know because there's that many great cars out there. Well, exactly, and. But we love that. 
right? Like yeah, that's yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to, you know, every now and then have someone have a bad light against me and, and just go <laughs> through the weekend and just just win it with no. I mean, we got through some hard cars early on, you know what I mean? I mean, we did our ladder the way we we qualified number eight. You know, you have force first round, which feels like a final round. Then you have Caps, which is the number one qualifier, which feels like a final round. You got Jr. Todd, which is a great lever and cars running well, and and then you have Bodie, which it's his birthday, man, and it's like. Well, you know, he's supposed to win it because that's just how stuff happens. You know what I mean? Like they yep. pull, pull it out. But honestly, Bodie was running good, you know, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, it looked like they smoked the tires and he legged it out and it blew up, you know. But that that's just, you know, a kid wanting it and wanting to drive. And, you know, I, I, it's race day, man. Like, you know, all bets are off on race day. You don't you don't pull your foot out of it, I guess, you know, but uh, but, you know, it turned out the way it was supposed to for us just because Dickie's family was there and. And we were able to honor him and his dad and his entire family with uh, the trophy. And, you know, just a super, super emotional um, evening after we won the race with Dickie and his sister and their family. And, um, you know, Dick Venerables is a huge part of reason why Dickie's in drag racing and and so successful. And he's been, uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, the guy would come over uh, and spend time at some of my signing autograph sessions and different things like that where he didn't have to do that, man. You know what I mean? And he went out of the way to to make sure that he that, you know, I knew that he cared about, you know, this team and and what they were doing and stuff like that. So and Dickie, man, he's he's all in it, brother. I mean, this is his life. You know, he doesn't have kids. He's he's giving drag racing everything, his entire career, his entire life, you know. And so um, it was super, super special to be able to you know, win the race and, and, you know, whether that's the last race at Houston or not, you know, that's what they're saying. And, you know, it's one of those things to where I started my first win there and we rolled out of there. If it's the last race with a win there, it's, that's, that's pretty, pretty awesome in itself. Yeah, it is. You know, you mentioned Dickie not having kids, uh, you know, biologically true, but how many people has he affected in a positive way through this sport? Right. A lot of crew chief uh, crew guys that are his kids, man, you know, like Alex Conway, that kid, um, he's going to be a crew chief one day, you know what I mean? And, um, but you know, him and Dickie, they're like father, son, man. And, you know, and only thing that Alex cares about in life is to make Dickie proud. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just no matter what it is, it's like, you know, he looks up to Dickie and he's, like I said, Alex will be a crew chief one day. And, and, uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, that kid, he just, he, all he cares about in life is, is making sure that he's making calls and Dickie's happy with it. And, and that uh, that he's making Dickie proud on the race car, you know, and on the racetrack. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's amazing. And, and you know, there was a little memorial for uh, Dick Venable Saturday night. And it was just, uh, you know, it's it's the up and down, the emotions, right? Like uh, Dick would not Dickie would not be here if his dad wasn't in love with drag racing. And neither would Ron Tobler. And neither right. would a couple others uh, over yeah. the years. But you had to get it done on the racetrack. Let's start off talking about the battle with Force. You guys were on stage. You were the marquee matchup. I thought Force did a good job, right? Get your dancing shoes on, Matt. Let's battle. Like, that's what people want to hear. They want to hear, like, it doesn't have to be mean. It has to be like, hey, we're getting ready to do this, right? And you yeah. guys did it and you came out on top. I felt like that was a fun moment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, that's what people want to see. I mean, John is, he's a showman, man, and he's going to put on a show and, and we're going to do the same thing beside him. And, you know, I mean, that's one of those races where you don't really know how it's going to go. We're number eight and he's number nine and, and, uh, we're running pretty much the same, you know what I mean? And so, uh, it comes down to just leaving the starting line and, you know, and then obviously keeping it in the groove and letting your crew chief do the rest. But, uh, 
but I knew Dickie, you know, I, I knew we weren't going to lay up against force and we were going to have to run hard and, and they were going to run hard over there and probably go down the racetrack as well. So I just knew it was going to be a good drag race, you know, and, um, and that's, that's what the fans are paying to see. And, and, you know, a lot is said for NHRA to give us the glue that they, uh, they've been, you know, putting down and preparing the racetracks to have side by side racing. And, you know, there was a moment in time there after we started to try to run 340 miles an hour that the glue kind of went away from the racetrack and they were trying to slow us down and it just wasn't a great show for the fans, you know, and, and, you know, on their, in their defense, you know, we were trying to, you know, starting to pull the centers out of these tires and, you know, you, you start delaminating tires at 340 miles an hour, you're going to end up with some folks in, that are hurt, you know what I mean? Or in the hospital or, or even dead, you know? So uh, I understand why they were trying to slow us down and, and keep us safe and stuff like that. But, um, but now, you know, those, those track conditions are great and they were able to, to really apply the power to the racetrack and NHR is doing a good job of, of monitoring these, these tires and the glue and, and spraying hundred percent, you know, sometimes on race day and being able to, you know, get this side-by-side drag racing that these people are paying to show up and see. And it's just been a great show, I think, you know, and then you have sold out crowds, you know, here lately, you know, we're, we got this COVID stuff behind us and, you know, people are showing up and they're showing out and they're having a good time. And it's, it feels like it's back to normal, you know, and, and to do a burnout, you know, on Saturday and there's no place to stand. There's no place to, to watch from that's not, you know, taken up by a fan. So that's, that's cool in itself, you know, to just to see a packed house out there, you know, and, and even on Sunday it was packed, you know, so it's, um, you know, between promoting it and just people wanting to be a part of it and see it. I mean, we truly have the most, you know, coolest platform in racing, you know, as far as the coolest sport. I and mean, there's nothing more extreme. I mean, you know, Red Bull and all this other stuff, they can, you know, be involved in all this other stuff, you know, but there is nothing more, you know, I guess more extreme than what we do you know what i mean and it's so intense and it's such adrenaline filled and it's it's four seconds you know and it's it's just i've not found another platform of racing that is more extreme and more intense than than nhra drag racing and it's really coming down to just us capturing it you know what i mean and showing it in a different light and bringing new people in and no different than when i go in and try to pitch a new sponsor in a boardroom you know it's like we can put the graphs up and we can show the numbers and we can do all that stuff, but you can't make that, that, you know, TV shake and fall on the floor. But once they come out and spend a Saturday out there, it sells itself, you know, and people want to be involved in it and be a part of it. And same with fans, you know, like you get a new, new fan out there and they don't really know what to expect, but then they come, they show up on a Saturday and they're like, Oh my God, like, what is this? How to have I not figured this out? How have someone not showed this to me? You know? So, our, our sport is amazing, and we just got to try to do a better job showcasing it. Well, we do. And, you know, you mentioned Red Bull. I think about them all the time. I understand when Coke was here, other beverages weren't allowed in, and that was a bit of a problem. But I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but two, like, Red Bull-sponsored guys – were like, you know, trying to be more extreme than drag racing, right? And they're each in their own plane and the planes, they try to jump out of the planes and they're going to like swap planes in the midair and get into the other plane. And then one of the planes crashes and the guy almost died. He had to pull the back. Like, that's not like you can be more extreme, but not in like real competition and like those guys in the flight suits. Oh my gosh. But yeah, we're doing it in a competitive. The competition is what's up, not like maybe well, it's a safe environment that you're running 330 miles an hour. And you know what I mean? Like it's knock on wood. It's been a long time since we lost someone in the sport, you know, and it's uh, and it's because of the safety features that NHRA has put in place. But 
it's still there's nothing cooler and more extreme than what we do man you know what i mean and it's just it's intense man and you know it's it's something that you can't experience anywhere else you know except for nhra and when two two fuel cars leave the starting line it's a 2.3 on the richter scale it's a small earthquake you know so where where do you feel that shock wave how do you make your your organ shake up in the top of the grandstands from that raw power it just it's irreplaceable man i mean i've drove drag boats and monster trucks and dirt sprints and late models and i mean you you name it like i i've i've been able to jump in it and try it at least you know and there's nothing nothing on this planet that replaces the adrenaline and the speed and the feel from you get from a funny car okay your car's going really straight i'm noticing that like it's going right down the middle and uh is that because you're driving it so great is that because it's set up so great is it a combination of both but i'm watching that uh your dodge and it's going like straight as a string down yeah. the racetrack on its good run so what's up with that uh, it's a little combination of everything. You know, uh, the year we won the championship, Dickie uh, Venables, he he come up with a new chassis design. And um, honestly, it, it gave us a huge competitive advantage. The car just hooks up. It works better. Um, it, it just it, it allows us to apply more power to the racetrack. It drives well. I mean, I've had, you know, back in the day, man, like there's, you know, I had a kingpin that was frozen when we started off with a new body for Dodge and I was the first one to drive it and test it out. And, and, um, you know, and then obviously some of my other teammates, you know, jumped on board and got new bodies and stuff like that. But we had a Kingpin that was frozen for six races. I was like, I can't drive this race car, man. I got to take two weeks off and quit forever. Cause I, I can't do this, man. It's like, I couldn't keep it in the groove and keep, keep it straight. I never worked so hard to, to, um, you know, keep a car in the groove. And, and so we kept thinking it was the body because it was new and this and that. And finally we got down to looking at the chassis and the Kingpin was froze on this thing. And, you know, Dickie was like, man, alive. I'm so sorry. Cause he was like, you know, he's like, you just suck it up and drive kid. Like, you know, you do better job, you know? And, and, uh, but you know, stuff like that happens, but on the flip side, you know, we, we have a chassis that really works well. And, and, and Dickie, you know, was the inventor of it and changing bars around and, and doing things that, that, you know, really gave us a competitive advantage the year we won the championship, you know, and, uh, but then, you know, obviously at DSR, Don, he sold that to some of our competitors and, you know, our teammates and different things like that. So there's a couple of those chassis out there. Ron's got one, Cruz has got one, uh, I guess Tasca has one, you know, so we, we don't have that competitive advantage. Now we're working hard at TSR to come up with um, a new design to, uh, to, to gain that edge again. But, um but there's those things like that you know the, the the car does work well and it does drive well and, and you know it just it just uh, allows you to apply more power early and it hooks up and the car gets up and starts working so there's a lot of that kind of stuff but yeah i mean obviously too it, there's a lot of you know human you know factor that comes into play with being a good driver and being a good lever and and being on your game and being in the zone and and really kind of you know just bringing your a game to the table you know there's a there's a lot of things that are distractions in life sometimes, and you have to push some of those things aside and push them down and, and focus on what you have to do in, in front of you. And, uh, you know, there's 10 guys that, that on that crew that, you know, depend on me to turn the wind light on and, and that's their bread and butter. There's, they don't have a farm. They don't have other businesses at home to go to. They have this and it's the race car. So I'm very mindful of that when I show up at the racetrack, you know, it's kind of like flipping a switch. You have to turn all the business side of stuff off when you're at home, uh, when you're at the racetrack. And then, you know, turn on the race car side of things and understand that there's 10 guys there that, 
they they depend on you you know the, to to bring your a game to drive well to to leave well to to bring it to the table and then when you get home you have to turn the racing side of stuff off and get back into business mode and, you know start crunching numbers again and doing all the stuff it takes to run a business and and um you know it's so it's it's kind of it's taken a time over the years to do that but i felt like i've become you know well you know i've done that well here lately you know so i think it's just something that you learn as a driver over time how to turn things on and off and, and you know no different than you know dealing with sponsors and dealing with tv and dealing with fans and dealing with all the stuff at the racetrack like for me i can do that really well and then but when i strap down in the car it's like you turn all that off and it's just like you're in race mode and it's you know like different people do it at different stages of of getting ready but for me once i pull down in the car it's kind of like everything else turns off and the world fades away and you're just focused on you know leaving the start line and keeping it in the groove all right let's uh talk um, you got to talk about your team owner a lot these days right you always did with don but now it's even more so right tony what i noticed about him like he went over and saw Erica in the winter circle, uh, the Courtney drive that bitch back video. There's Tony shaking hands with Erica. Like he's buying Bobby Bodie, a new helmet. Uh, like, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like he's like putting a hug around the whole sport, right? Like, I don't know what's up with him in that. This is like a new universe to him. And he's seems to be absolutely loving it. The guy's everywhere. And he's like yeah. trying to, trying to impact people that really don't have anything to do with TSR. He's making sure that, and I, I don't know that people can see it on the television broadcast, but Tony Stewart is everywhere in places that you wouldn't expect him. So give me your impression yeah, of drag I mean, racing affecting him. My impression of Tony is just, he's a great guy. He's just a good old boy, kind of salt of the earth stuff. I mean, he's a wheel man, right? Like he, honestly, I was looking up his accolades the other day, you know, just to kind of compare him to mine, you know, just like how many races has this dude really won, you know? And cause I never really followed cup, you know what I mean? And yeah. you know, Tony Stewart's great, but like that's over there and this is here, you know what I mean? And um, I didn't really know how to take the guy at first. Cause I didn't know if he was going to be, you know, like this pompous ass dude that, you know, real cocky or any of that kind of stuff, you know, obviously he's worth a lot of money and he's done a lot of things. And, um, but at the end of the day, man, the guy is genuinely just a good dude. And, um, you know, he's a kind of guy that you'd be like, all right, I'm gonna hang out with this guy. You know what I mean? Like off the scene, on the scene, like you just, you know, he's just got good energy, good vibe. And he, he cares about people. Like one thing that I did know, um, notice and i haven't seen him chew anybody's butt um uh, yet because obviously we've been doing well and stuff like that but like we had a you know a, a crew guy that his um his grandfather died you know and it was over in mexico and it was kind of secondhand kind of information kind of deal and and my crew chief kind of like tried to keep it under wraps just to you know so didn't want to bother higher management with it you know that kind of stuff where you know and, and tony came in and you know he was like i got a bone to pick with you too which was my crew chief and assistant crew chief and uh and you're like, whoa, okay, well, this guy's getting serious now. Like, we're going to get to see the real Tony, you know? And and um, he's like, look, man, you know, if something happens here, he's like, I need to know about it. He's like, you know, these people are my family, you know, and I bring them in here and we're going to treat them like family. And, you know, if there's something we can do to help his grandfather out or his family out or this or that, he's like, I want to do it. You know what I mean? And I want to be a part of it. He's like, so we don't hold nothing back. We're, we're one team, all team, and we're family here. So that was kind of cool to see, you know what I mean? And and the, the guy, you know, he don't take no shit, you know, one of those things where I've seen him dealing with some business stuff. And, you know, it's kind of like, I, you know, this dude says what he means and he means what he says. And, you know, if it comes out of his mouth, he's going to do it. So uh, I just got, I've earned, you know, he's earned my respect, not that he needs it, but 
um, I, I respect the dude a lot, you know, and it's something that, uh, you know, with drag racing, with NHRA, I hope they embrace Tony being here. I mean, that's uh, it's a big deal that he stepped over here and decided to be a team owner. Um, he brings a lot of people, a lot of crossover, a lot of, you know, this guy, like I said, I was looking up his accolades and all the wins. He's he's done a lot of stuff, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and he brings that to the table here. I love NHRA. that. Yeah. I, I, I love that you. Yeah, didn't really know anything about Tony Stewart. Like to <laughs> me, that's awesome because yeah. drag racing is and has always been its own little universe, right? Like back yeah. in the days of the snake and stuff, drag racing was arguably bigger than NASCAR. And and uh, there are people who are drag racing fans that frankly, they don't know uh, about what that other stuff is going on because they're focused on drag racing. And you're one of those people. And I think I just think it's kind of cool. It's kind yeah. of a cool deal. But, you know, I mean, obviously he's big for the sport. You know, he's good for everyone that he touches over here, you know, whether it's another team, our team, um, sponsors, you know, he's he's going to bring new sponsors into the table. And that's what NHRA needs, you know what I mean? We need new blood. We need new sponsors. And nothing wrong with the sponsors we have. It's just great to have new crossover and new new folks coming out. And, I mean, he's going to have 350 people from Stuart Haas come over next, this weekend in Charlotte. You know what I mean? Think about just the crossover there, just just from his one company that he has there with Stuart Haas, you know. So uh, there's just a lot of, lot of good stuff with Tony. And I'm proud to be driving for him, you know, and I think that we're doing a good job for him. And I, he seems to be genuinely happy to be here. There's a, you know, it's kind of kind of crazy because we were sitting in the lounge and he was like, man, I, I you know, I'm, I'm in Charlotte next week. He's like, I'm going to spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, all the way up to Friday till over at the cup side of things, just to show those guys that I'm there and I, I support them. And, but he's like, I can't wait to go drag racing again. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of, he genuinely loves, it seems to be loving this drag racing side of things. And, you know, I, I think he's probably going to test again Monday on, on, you know, in the dragster and I'm trying hard to get him in a funny car. You know what I mean? Like, just try it, man. Like, you know, you, you can drive a dragster, you can drive a funny car. Like it's just, it's just cool that he wants to be involved and, and, you know, and everybody's like, why, why would you leave Don and this and that? It's just, it's nothing wrong with Don. I, I am very, very grateful for DSR and Don Schumacher racing and, and Don has, has treated me well over the years and I've won a lot of championships there. And there was, it wasn't anything to do with Don Schumacher or anything to do with the camp over there. It, it really truly was about change and, and having, you know, I, I've won, you know, I've won championship with a different crew chief and I've won championship with Dickie and, you know, and one with, uh, you know, Tommy DeLago. And it's about doing new things and, and trying, you know, new opportunities and, you know, and opening up new doors, you know what I mean? So, and I just knew that when I stepped over here with TSR, with Tony, it was going to open up a lot of doors. Well, it, it has, and it is, and the sport needs to grow and change and things need to move around. And we see it uh, all the time. Like it, it's, change is good and yeah. look how appreciated you are and and now i i think that the super team model was good for a while but now we've got a bunch of smaller teams and each one is going to grow and who knows how big this thing gets maybe there'll be two funny cars and two top fuel dragsters at some point at tsr and that will be good for all the workers in the sport etc et all right let's talk uh four wide you already mentioned no let's not talk about that let's talk about matt hagan getting branded what the heck are you doing, Matt Hagen? What yeah, was, was that? Where did that come from? It was intense, man. It was intense when I put the, you know, hit the parachutes all, all every run last weekend. You know, it's still, it's still pretty raw, you know. So, uh, but it's a third degree burn, right? Like I knew it wasn't yeah. going to be a stroll in the park when. But uh, where does that come from? That idea, the concept. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do this. Tell, Honestly, tell me about you know, that. 
everybody's like, oh, Yellowstone. And I was like, Yellowstone's fake. Like, this is real, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, my thing with it is I've been wanting to do it for years, you know, and uh, it's just, you know, one of those deals where this is the same brand that I brand my cattle with. And it's a, for me, it's a legacy that uh, I'm going to leave down to my kids. You know, we got 3,400 acres and a lot of land and, you know, a farm. And I got four children and obviously plan on passing that to them. And, and to me, I'm not a big tattoo guy. I don't have any tattoos or anything like that. And not knocking tattoos. It's just not my thing, you know, and and it's uh, and I'm, I'm in, I might end up with a tattoo outlined of this to kind of clean it up a little bit. But uh, it's just one of those things for me. The brand is just it spoke volumes to who I am and what I built us um, on my farms. And it's the same brand that I brand my cattle with. I mean, the, you know, obviously leather is a lot different than our skin. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. it, it definitely heals different than what it would on our on our cattle. But the concept was, you know. Hey, you know, it, this is what you built. This is the legacy you're leaving to your children. Um, this is your brand. It represents what you've done um, to to get yourself here with uh, the cattle side of things and the farming side of things and the meat company and the all the stuff that I'm involved with. It just it you know for me that's why I did it. It wasn't just to be cool or to, to have a cool Instagram post or anything like that. It, it truly meant you know uh, what what I've I've grown and what I've built over the years um, on my farming side of things. And that's what I wanted to know. And I think, you know, I'm not doing that, but that <laughs> it's intense, makes... brother. Like it, for oh, me, man. like the, the part, you know, we're right before he hits you with the hot iron, you can feel that heat glowing off of it. And then, you know, and then it, it's obviously, uh, it, it, it's, it sucks and it up until you burn through the nerve. And then once the nerve's gone, it's, it's not so bad, but, uh, but he had to hit me three times, man. The first time I kind of like kicked him with my leg and he got scared and pulled off and then like had to go back in for the second. And then the horns, um quite weren't hot enough by then so i had to go back again and hit the horns again but uh yeah it was it's intense it's still pretty raw and obviously uh put a little gauze pad on it when i'm when i'm getting suited up and you know but uh, like my old man said he said you know old too soon why is too late you know what i mean i like the other one the other quote the other quote uh Gosh, what did I say? What is the other quote? Remind you said me. if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. Yeah, yeah you got to be. Well, that's a Paul Smith <laughs> quote, man. Like, uh, so I heard that the first time uh, Paul Smith, Mike Smith was uh, was crewing on, like Paul Smith was crew chief for me for a little bit. And his son, Bodie Smith, was my crew chief in IHRA. And Mike Smith run a, he took an impact gun and, and was on a stud, a head stud. Well, when it's nitro and it's impact, you know, nitro explodes, right? So yeah, that stud come through his hand, you know, and, and, uh, and he's like, man, I got to go to the hospital. And Paul, Paul Smith, his dad looked over and he said, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough kid. You know? So that's, uh, that's one of those old sayings. I heard it first from Paul Smith, which is a legend of the sport back in the day. And I was actually watching a video the other day of how funny car came up to be what it was. And it had Paul Smith blowing over on one of the videos and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, so that, that as well, you know, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. And my old man said, if, you know, two old too soon wise too late you know but uh but at the end of the day i did it for me it's not for anybody else it was a representation of what i built and what my legacy i'm gonna leave to my children here on the farm side of things and that makes it make sense that makes it make sense all right four wide people are asking you know like what do you really think of the four wide like this is the last four wide race of the year here we go uh going to charlotte a happy place for you major milestones there uh you know starting line challenging right can be yeah, <laughs> it's really, it's really, uh, it's so smooth that the rubber doesn't stick to the track. It can be a challenge. So talk a little bit about this four wide race. 
Yeah, four wide is always interesting. Like I said before, I've done everything from win it to red light to not stage the car to drive it out of the groove to figuring out like what just happened, you know what I mean? And, and blown bodies off of it, you know? So uh, you name it, I've kind of done it there at four wide, uh, good, the bad, the ugly, and the great, you know? And um, it's just one of those things where it just, you know, what we do with, with racing is about repetition and consistency. And I pride myself on, on like Tony Schumacher says, be in the machine, right? Like you have to do the same thing every time and you take your, your variable out of, of, you know, the whole situation for your crew chief, because we are the biggest variable, obviously, you know, with how you stage the car or how long you're out on the pedal or how long you do your burnout and how much, how long you're out on the pedal backing up. I mean, it changes everything, every run. So being consistent is key and, and throwing four cars in there, it's, uh, it changes all that consistency up, you know I mean? To even how much fuel you need to carry. I mean, you know, you could run out of fuel and blow the car up because someone takes too long to stage the car. They do their burnout late or they didn't warm, you know, they didn't fire the car up on time. And so, all that is kind of chaotic and it, it, it changes things. But as a driver, as a crew chief, you have to adapt. And, and it looks like hopefully we'll get one run in each lane and get, get some data off of that and, and um, you know, see how it goes. But, you know, we went to the final in Vegas in the four wide and I was in the, the two center lanes for the majority of the time. So, I mean, everything went well. So I just kind of plan on doing the same thing that I did in Vegas and, and um, hopefully we can turn another wind light on coming there. But, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty, pretty excited as our last four wide of the season, you know, and to get yeah. back into two wide racing and it's a spectacle, but I just, I just love two wide racing, man. And it's just one of those things where it's four rounds of racing and people get to focus on you and the TV get to showcase you a little bit more as a, for your sponsors and different things like that. It's hard to talk about four cars and, you know, a couple seconds up there. So uh, all in all, I just, I'm, I'm all about the two wide racing, but like I said, it's their sandbox. We're playing in it, and we're just going to go out there and hopefully hold up the big toy and talk a truck in the middle of it. You know what I mean? So it's uh, I'm ready to go racing, that's for sure, no matter what it is. Matt, great job. Thank you so much. Obviously, uh, you know, Bobby Bodie did a great job. Absolutely. Uh, he became a funny car driver with that explosion. You've been through that a few times. Uh, we can't wait to see, you know, him out there battling it out. But on this day, it was it was you. It was Dick Venables. And yeah. uh, son Dicky, like that, yeah, that was poetic. Bobby did, did a great job, man. That's a kid. We need people like that in the sport. You know, these younger kids coming up and and being passionate about driving and and you know, I mean, yeah, it blew up and I, I don't know, it might have been smoking the tires or whatever. But on race day, you know, you like I'm gonna uh, we're gonna leg it out, whatever it takes, get it to the finish. I've blown them up before because you know it's race day and you know I have my boss jump on me. He's like, "What are you doing? We're racing a teammate." You know, shouldn't have blown it up, but I was like, "Well, I got the trophy," you know. So I, I don't care whether it's blowed up or not. You know what I mean? At the other at the end of the day, you want to see the wind light come on. And, you know, it's one of those things where uh, the kid's doing a great job. Really, really proud of, of him. Um, he's a, a super young man. And, you know, I even signed his birthday card that day and was like, hey, you know, congratulations to stud. You know what I mean? Like it just, uh, you know, he's going to be a great driver, a great kid. And that's a great family over there. So really, really proud of that whole group over there. Love them. Matt, thank you very much. I'll see you in a couple of days. Congratulations on this win. Get back out there and, you know, I don't know what you're doing, bailing hay or whatever you're doing, but uh, yeah, we'll get we'll back to All right, brother. Thank you, guys. Later, Matt. Thank you. Matt Hagan with us here on WFO Radio. The Hulk, Hulk Hagan doing a great job with us here on WFO Radio. Now, remember, this is kind of a super show. We've got Steve Johnson coming up. We've got Brittany Force coming up. But right now, we're going to do something a little bit different. I've decided to like put this right in between Hagen and Steve Johnson because I think it is of vital importance. As you know, 
this was the last race at Houston Raceway Park. And we lost English Town. And we're maybe going to lose Phoenix, it's looking like. And we need drag strips all around the country. Well, my first track, the home track, Miami Hollywood Speedway, that went away. I've experienced the sadness and the nightmare and the vacancy of like losing this great place. But I had a secondary place to go to. And that was Moroso Motorsports Park, Palm Beach International Raceway, where I was able to win a Super Pro Track Championship and finish 11th five-day bracket race. Those were unnecessary things to say right now other than to pump myself up, which I will occasionally do. But there are people who are working hard to try to save that track. And I want to introduce one of them to you now. Her name is Madeline Marconi. She grew up at Palm Beach International Raceway, a track that is formerly an NHRA track that had NHRA points meets in Division Two, and is a beautiful facility that was marked for death. But through the hard work of this young lady, it was there was a stay of execution. And now, if nothing else, there is a glimmer of hope. We'll bring her on right now, Miss Madeline Marconi. Madeline, welcome to WFO Radio. How are you? Hi, Joe. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I really nope. appreciate it. <laughs> well, no, I'm. it's, it's self-serving, Madeline. You're doing a great job of trying to, number one, energize the local community who immediately, in my opinion, just kind of gave up, right? Like, oh, that's it. Big money coming in. There's no way to stop it. And you, through hard work and social media and intensity and passion, kind of made some things happen in a zoning meeting a couple of, you know, three, four weeks ago. And uh, the next meeting was then pushed back. They had their final race at their track. We're going to show some pictures. We're going to talk a little bit about it. But I want you to tell the WFO universe out there what you know, the state of play right now, as a local, as someone who lives near the track, who grew up at the track, whose family raced at the track. I think you met your husband at the track, if I'm right about that. And so just tell this worldwide drag racing community why this is so important to you, if for no other reason that the day that they face this situation, they will fight as hard as you are. Yeah, so basically, um, the power of media is really strong. Um, you know, we've really kind of set the world on fire in, in, me, in terms of, you know, fighting for our racetrack. Um, racetracks are being lost left and right throughout the entire uh, country. Um, so when I saw and heard that, you know, the, the talks of Palm Beach International Raceway um, being closed forever, it really, like, it got to me. It was, you know, emotional. I have so many memories there growing up with my dad going racing. Um, I eventually met my fiance. So um, there's a lot of memories that go along with it. Um, and we're a little different down here in Florida. We're very passionate about a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, and we're not afraid to talk about it. And, um, you know, everybody can say money will always win, but there always comes a time where, you know, the public has the right to stand up for what they believe in. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of, lot of people at that April 7th meeting, and you were even there too, Joe, um, to see that, you know, the passion there's a lot of small businesses related to that racetrack. There's young kids who have moved up the ranks. Um, two people from Jupiter alone have come through that racetrack on the road course side and made it to the IndyCar ranks. So that track, it's not just a racetrack. It's, you know, a vessel for success. And, um, you know, I always 
from here on out, I'll always remember it as Moroso Motorsports Park um, because that's when it was in its true glory. It was running, you know, they had everybody involved. The, the county, the community was involved. Um, and since that sale took place and it became Palm Beach International Raceway, you know, I, I feel like it was lost opportunity. It wasn't really brought up to the level that um, Dick Moroso had it at. Um, so in regards to what's going on right now, um, basically the meeting has been postponed to September, uh, September 22nd of 2022. And they have to get these plans for a 2 million square foot warehouse approved. Um, there are a lot of flaws in the plans uh, that were brought up at the April 7th meeting. Um, and, you know, a lot of them have to do with environmental concerns, a lot of public safety concerns um, for travelers on the Beeline Highway directly outside of that racetrack. Um, and there were real concerns. It wasn't just, oh, we don't want the racetrack. It's true concerns. And I've been working with actually the uh, vice president of Calusa, who is a very nearby community. Um, and there's actually a lot of drag racers in there. Um, so they're really going to be working hard and they're kind of joining uh, efforts with me to, you know, show up at that meeting and let our county commissioners know that we do not want this warehouse. That racetrack means so much to the community, um, whether the community knows about it or not. Um, as far as, you know, the street racing that will will take place, it's not yes. a matter of if, it's a matter of when it will take place. Um, they, they're not gonna have a place to go anymore. So um, I'm fighting for the community. I'm definitely fighting for the drag racers because it's near and dear to my heart, but I'm also fighting for the community because I truly believe there are major concerns if this racetrack closes down. Um, and so, you know, we're gonna be there in September. I've pulled all the media I could to be at the last lap on uh, this past Saturday. And, you know, we're doing all that we can to let the community and the Palm Beach County commissioners know that there's going to be a lot of, lot of concerns if this racetrack closes. Oh, absolutely. So I want to warn you in advance, prepare an action step for the audience so that they can keep up with you. And we'll give that at the end. I do want to talk about the last lap, um, their last race, but I'm hoping it's not. Uh, they did put out a letter that this is closing and it's closing and it's and there's nothing you can do to stop it. It was really kind of sad and I did not like it because they said that the track was not financially sound. But you, without us talking about it, Missed opportunity, right? Missed opportunity. They never tried with this facility. They never tried like a Bandemir Speedway. They never tried like a Norwalk. They never tried like so many facilities out there actually try to be successful with their road course, their go-kart track, et cetera, and so on. But honestly, as much as I am against street racing, and I know that there will be, and as much as I love uh, motorsports, and this is an international destination for people to come to fly in to go to West Palm Beach, why else would they? Um, to me, if I live there, they said that there were going to be 400 trucks a day rolling in and out and in and out, loaded up. Like, my goodness, man, all of a sudden, my uh, wonderful neighborhood off there on PGA Boulevard is got uh, is like a, 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 a roadway for giant trucks going in and out. There's got to be that's got to be a concern to the local community. And frankly, I think that, that they have a PGA golf tournament up there like this is not like a regular neighborhood. Um, that would be of great concern to me. And I just think that the, the racing community within 
all of the people that are sports cars and drag racing and Don Schumacher lives up there and Johnny Gray lives up there. And so many people have had fun at that racetrack. Like this is it. There's only one. There's only one south of Orlando, north of Homestead. Like there's only one. And that's where we're going to build these warehouses. It just seems a little rotten to me. And I know people are like, well, they're the property owners and they can do whatever they want. I can sell my house to anyone right now but you can't turn it into an oil well. You can't turn it into a flea market, right? They're zoning for a reason. And I think that's going to be what uh, the route to save the track. So just speak a little bit on that, the traffic concerns. And most importantly, to the people around the country, around the world who might be in a similar situation, talk a little bit how you've gotten as far as you have by, by, by being so aggressive. Yeah, so basically, you know, like you said, there are a lot of premier communities nearby. These people, you know, they work hard and they have beautiful homes and they pay a lot in tax dollars to live in Palm Beach County. Um, the plans are that 400 semi-trucks are going to be going up and down the highway, likely to the port of Palm Beach, which crosses many intersections that are already, um, you know, fatal intersections. There's many accidents that already happen. So now they want to, you know, bring in 400 semi trucks. Um, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. Um, and so, like I've always said, you know, I love the racetrack and everything, but there's a lot of community concern here. Um, so that's where I kind of have taken charge and just said, you know, we're not going to just, you know, let it all happen. We need to voice our concerns, and we have that right as, you know, residents of this community. Um, so in, even in addition to the uh, public safety concerns, there's a lot of environmental concerns. Uh, J.R. Todd, who's actually a Jupiter resident, he mentioned how cool it is that he made a run. Um, and he got out of his, uh, you know, race car and there was a couple of sandhill cranes next to, you know, where he was standing. And they're so friendly out there. And, you know, there's so much wildlife. And I personally am an animal lover. Um, so the environmental concerns have really taken a toll on me lately. Uh, Mark Beatty, one of the commissioners at the April 7th meeting, he mentioned that um, the water runoff and everything, it's going to pollute the wetlands nearby. Um, that can, you know, it all drips into the aquifers and then all of a sudden we have dirty drinking water and then, you know, it causes, there's a lot of different scenarios that could happen here. Um, that racetrack has been there for 58 years and those wildlife and those wetlands have adjusted appropriately. Um, so in addition to the public safety concerns, the, you know, residential concerns that they just don't want the warehouse um, and all those trucks, there's a lot of environmental concerns as well. So that's kind of where I'm, you know, headed. Um, Daryl Gwynn or even Daryl Gwynn and Don Garlitz this past weekend, they were awesome to speak with. And uh, Don Garlitz himself, he said, this is a premier facility in Palm Beach County and he can't believe that it's going away. Um, so I agree with him 100%. It's a facility that has a strong use here. Um, whether people know about it or not, it really does in different, many different ways. So we're yes. doing all that we can. And it could, and it, and it could be, so much better. Like, and, and if, if, if people who owned it and I understand investments, man, you buy something, you want to sell it and I get it. But this particular one-off thing that has been there for 60 years really should be grandfathered in as a historical landmark. It really is a, is a core part of the community 
for people in automotive. It's been there for 60 years, for gosh sakes. We cannot lose it, right? Everybody's out there in the chat section, by the way. Blake from Wyoming, uh, thank you for saving my buddy Joe's home track. He, as a Florida <laughs> resident, we need to save the track from extinction. Billy Carroll, whose dad, one of the U.S. Nationals back in the day, Florida restaurant, the five days where the bar was set for big money bracket racing. As a kid, I saw many match races there well before Dick purchased the facility. Uh, Keith says, NHRA should award a race to this track. Well, it became an IHRA facility before IHRA became a zombie organization. And, um, you know, if somebody did purchase the racetrack and it became NHRA sanctioned, it had an NHRA division two points race in the past. I have no doubt that they would entertain the idea. Uh, plus it's, it's uh, FIA certified. It could have, uh, you know, sports car racing there. Uh, Nicole out there. Great job. Great plan. Uh, street racing is everywhere in South Florida. Steve Johnson, who is next up, by the way, guys, Steve Hello. Johnson says, you are awesome. Thank you. Because we are all in agreement. So tell me about the last lap, Madeline. Like we all saw Garlet's electric dragster uh, have its uh, glitch. But what was the atmosphere like at the supposed final race? It wasn't a bracket race. There's Chuck DeBevick, who is the track announcer out there for like 20 or 30 years, hanging out with Big Daddy, everybody standing for the national anthem, uh, some local media out there doing a hit with the fans. I saw a couple of reports that you shared. I shared them on my social media. But what was the general atmosphere out there as people faced like the reality of losing their, you know, their, their, I don't want to say their soul, but there's no other place to do that, to gather, to race. There's no other place to do that. And unless you've lost your own track, as I have, mm -hmm. as I know what it's like, mm -hmm. there's no way to explain it to people until it's gone. You realize, oh my gosh, I got to drive two hours to do this. It's not what it was. And people find other ways. We just saw World News Tonight. School bus hit by street racers, right? Kids yeah. injured. Uh, it's, it's a hot topic. So what was the atmosphere like? So on Saturday, I, I was hesitant on going out there because I knew it was going to be sad, um, but I did. I decided to go out. I actually had a lot of media who I was the point of contact, so I wanted to make sure that it was seen, um, you know, and it was sad. There was a lot of, you know, reminiscing that was going on. Um, you know, everybody has their own story tied to that racetrack. So I enjoy listening to everybody's story because I know my personal story, but when I hear about someone else's, it just makes my heart that much happier. Um, so a lot of tears. I know Kelly in the tower, she's been there for 20 years and she said all day she's been holding back tears, um, because it's almost like a death and that's kind of the best way to describe it to somebody who may not know. Um, but it's like a death, you know, there's racetracks closing all over this country. And um, it's a piece of your life that it's just being closed down. So um, the best way to describe it is, you know, a death that a lot of people are being affected by. And, you know, everybody, like I said, had their own memories. We we're reminiscing. I think somebody got married. Um, there was a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, the tower caught on fire, which isn't the first time that that's happened, but um, it was great to see. It wasn't an organized drag race. It was kind of just exhibition stuff, but um, it was really cool to see that, you know, the people that were there and uh, I'll tell you right here, right now, honestly, that I left that track falling my eyes out because it just means that much to me. It really does. Okay. Let's talk action step because as much as, and I, I you know, I, I, I want to always be positive, but every once in a while, I just, you know, like people like yourself were discouraged 
from trying by mm -hmm. local racers who just said, you know, and no, you got to fight the fight. You got to mm -hmm. fight the fight. And you've got to let the world know that you're passionate about it and that this is a community of millions of people. There should be a racing facility. There should be a drag strip. There should be a national event down there. We have the market. We have the care. We just don't have the land. Here's the land. We're going to take it away. It's ridiculous. It's insane. What is the action step? What is the best way for our national and international audience? And I would assume that some of our local racers might be watching WFO for the very first time to, to, to hear this because you've done so a great job of posting about this interview. Thank you for that. Um, what is the action step? What do you think is the best way? Because I've heard people say, oh, let's go down there and flood the parking lots. And you know, I don't know if that's the best way, man. Annoying the commissioners is probably not the best way to, to handle this. What do you think is the best way to handle this? Yeah. So right from the get go, I've always been, you know, wanting to tell people if you're going to voice your voice, do it in a respectful way. That's the only way they really listen. Um, I work in local government myself and I've learned that uh, very much so. So right now, if you know you wanna get involved and you wanna try to help save Palm Beach International Raceway, um, I invite you to connect with me on Facebook. Um, my name is Madeline Marconi. Um, and you know, if you can email me, my name or my email address is Madeline underscore Marconi at yahoo.com. Um, and I'm happy to, you know, put that out there to anybody who wants to send um, a letter of opposition into, you know, the warehouse um, or a letter of support in, uh, you know, including why the racetrack should be here, maybe your personal connection to it and uh, anything else. So I invite everybody to organize your thoughts, um, reach out to myself or maybe even Joe, if, you know, you have a connection with Joe already with WFO Radio. Um, and believe me, they all work. So shoot me a friend request, uh, message me. I've been getting so many messages. I'm doing my very best to filter through them, um, but connect with me and uh, we will do this together. Cause you know, it's ironic too, because drag racing is a sport where we all compete against one another, but right now we're coming in unity together to, uh, you know, save the sport and save these local tracks that are being closed down. I totally agree. Madeline, thank you very much. All right. Now I was going to let you go and then bring on Steve Johnson, but Steve has said something about you being a great brand ambassador. So I want to give Steve the opportunity to talk to you directly. So hopefully Steve oh, is out there and he is ready. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's getting ready. Uh, let's bring on Steve and then we'll let you go once Steve is on. Steve, are you aware? Like I see you got Steve Johnson is he's not aware. He's trying to melt his oh, I was I was gonna try to brand myself like like Hagen. I was gonna heat up this. Don't do it. I was Steve. gonna heat this up and try to brand myself, but it, I knew this was a mistake, Steve. What were you gonna say? <laughs> you got a comment here about Madeline. I figured oh, I'd let you just tell her yourself. You are so awesome. You are so awesome. I love it when uh, when young people um, are just passionate about stuff. That's what I talk about all the time. But any any national event that you want to come to. Um, you know, you can, uh, I, I got a hookup over there so I can get you, I know where, I know where the fence is real high and you can, and I can sneak you under the fence and I know I can get you past credentials. So, uh, I can get you into the suite. I can get you wherever you want to go. So any national event you want to go to, um, I'd love to, I'd love to, uh, offer that to you. And I'd love to introduce you to some people, not that you couldn't get to them, but I'd like to help your brand grow within our sport as being a, a true brand ambassador. And I'd, I'd just like to help you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's actually one thing. I appreciate it. You are awesome. And I've always been a fan of yours. 
Um, but that's the thing too. It's, it doesn't stop with Palm Beach International Raceway. You know, there's other tracks. Clay Milliken's sister, she reached out to me about Memphis, which is actually tied in with PBIR. But I'm willing to help anybody who needs it and, you know, guide them through the process because it can be done. And, you know, it takes somebody to step up and, uh, you know, fight the fight, like we keep saying, and, uh, you know, things will happen. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Steve Johnson. And I think, and I think the sport's going like this. So if we can make the track owners gain more revenue, more net revenue, um, they're going to be happy too. So I think our sport's really ready to go again. And uh, this is a little setback. So with you, um, we keep pushing forward. Yeah. Thank you. And and she works in local government. She understands how local government works. And so, again, to the naysayers, how about just stop naysaying and step aside and let the people who really want to fight fight on your behalf instead of discouraging them? And, you know, maybe we get a good result or maybe we don't. But in the future, people will know and someone will say, man, that that market needs a track and something will happen like who knows. But if you sit there quietly and just quit and just give up like so many did, nothing good is going to come from that. Madeline, thank you very much. Thank you. I'll, very get, you much. A ticket. I'll get you a ticket. You won't have to sneak under the fence. I, I mm-hmm. I'll get you a real ticket. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm not, I'm not, you know, opposed to sneaking out of the fence, but a ticket would be great. Nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> exactly. I, I've, I've snuck under the fence too. Awesome. I, have, yeah. I have snuck oh, yeah. under the fence. Madeline, oh, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it so much. Have great a good job. one. It was Thanks. Madeline Marconi with us here on WFO radio. And that was Brittany force calling in a little bit earlier. Uh, but I've got Steve Johnson now. Uh, and so Steve, you won. Now, what are you trying to do? Don't do it, Steve. Don't do it. I want to, I love what, I love what Hagen was saying about branding himself. I want to, I want to brand myself with, with, I'm such a suck up. I want to brand myself. Yes. Don't brand yourself, man. Like as Hagen, he's got all that. What would you be branding yourself for? He gave us all that, uh, information about his family and the farm and all of that. Um, you know, what would you be branding yourself for? I just want to brand myself. I want to follow in in the the, the steps of the NHRA uh, followers. I just want to let people know about NHRA all the time and, and and drag racing and how you can make a career out of it, or you can just you can have you can just have a lot of fun. You know, whatever it is, uh, drag racing. Ha- hey, I've always said it in those school programs. I don't believe there's any career out there that does not relate with drag racing. So. The uh, our our sport provides an opportunity to uh, grow your own brand and have fun doing it. And All right, specifically with 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 making money. I'm calling you time. I'm calling a timeout on you, Steve, because I feel like you and I are in a, in a good spot, right? Like we got a great relationship. I can tell you anything. I can tell you, Steve. Listen, the people, yeah, the people. Yes, listen, the people that are watching right now are already sold on drag racing, man. They love WFO. They've subscribed. We got to get, we got to get to a different spot with this interview. 200 mile per hour, Steve Johnson, monster cylinder head, Steve Johnson track record, both ends at Houston raceway park. And you, they're going to close the place down. Steve Johnson. Let's talk about that. Well, um, well, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Do you have, um, like, Steve, Steve, do you got a spare? Like that's one engine. Do you have a spare engine? I I do have a spare. I do have a spare engine. Yes, I have a. Uh, I I don't have. I don't. Oh, spare. That was. I thought we were going to 
to talk about that at, at some point. That's fair thing. And if y'all didn't watch the NHRA show and the motorcycles always have some kind of controversy, spin the clock backwards. And you remember Matt Smith and I racing in Indianapolis years and years ago. And we go across the finish line and Matt goes across the finish line after that. And then the clock says Matt was the first one there. And, and the ESP, the, the video and, and the TV, it's like Mike Dunn says, hold on a minute, rewind that. So it's like it took him a few days to figure out what to do and what happened and everything. But it was such a big deal. It was between Matt Smith and I. So now I don't think it's ever been done in the final round, Matt says that his bike's broken or his engine's not good and and uh he's gonna bring out a spare bike <laughs> he brought he switched from suzuki in the first round the second round and the semis and then in the final he brought out a view <laughs> i mean who does that that's awesome that's smith man because he's the ultimate gamer man he's the ultimate gamer he's makes messing with the rules he's thinking about the rules he's trying to like to me i thought that that was savvy now were you bothered by that or were you like whatevs oh there were people hot man they were coming up to me and saying there was one guy says man kick his ass you know kick his butt man and it's like i hate that i hate that so but that's what's cool. That's what's so cool. And I think is is it as much of a jack wagon that he does on some things. I I hope people don't hate me for it, but it's like I kind of thought it was it was kind of cool, you know? It was like we already we already ran what we ran. We weren't gonna get any better. And 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 nobody wants to see a final on television, you know, trying to promote the sport and drag racing as a whole. Uh, it doesn't do any good to race a single, but I just don't know if his bike was broke. You know, Eddie Hill started that thing, and I think his car was his car had a blowover or something was wrecked or something like that. And I think it was really about you know if a, a funny car body blows off and the, the chassis wrecked or something like that. I don't necessarily think it's a deal where we don't have time to change a valve spring. We have three broken valve springs. We don't have time to change the engine, so we'll just bring out another bike. I don't think that's the spirit of the rule. That sounds like what he did. And the only thing that does is it forces everybody to to have to have a, a, a spare vehicle in case something like that does happen. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, bottom but line. I do, have, I do have a spare. I do have a spare. Uh, uh, I have two pairs of needle nose pliers. I have a spare tire for my truck. And I have spare ngk spark plugs for my engine so i do have some spares so i'm getting there that is very good okay so the, the, listen you won the race the final race at houston this was a very big deal a major accomplishment the way you did it uh like okay aunt, aunt dog says to, for me to tell you to keep kicking butt and a lot of people want to know who won, did you hear who won the last race at houston okay yeah he knows listen people want to know what you were saying to matt couldn't hear it on the mic at the top end. What were you guys saying? What were you talking about? Was it nice? Was it like playful? Was it mean? What was it? Oh, you you mean when we pulled her? Oh, when I was pushing the bike and I turned back. Yep. And I I said I said, hey professional, how about them hobbyists, huh? <laughs> oh, okay. But on that though, 
Okay. And, and, and we've talked about this, but Steve, look at how your program, and you even alluded to this in the media center. And so this is where I want to go. Like, I love the Matt Angie versus Steve Johnson rivalry because I think it's great. It makes me want to watch the race. Get in the center of the camera there, Steve. You're like off to the side a little bit. Get in the oh, center. Okay. Uh, no, the other way. Yeah. Okay. But wasn't he right? And didn't that motivate you? And didn't you get as good as you are now kind of because he Lit a fire under your butt. No. Disagree. Not. Not in the. Not in. He. Okay, it's my it's my interview. No, he did not. That was not what motivated me at all. I've been motivated since since nineteen. <laughs> I used to go to the drag races with a video camera, the ones that used to hang on your deal right here, and I would film and I'd send those videos to other racers. And I, I charge him. I, I, you know, I make $10 or something. And I mean, we'd be right out there and, and I love the sport. I love doing it. And, and, you know, uh, growing up with Larry Dixon and watching his championships. And so I love our sport, you know, watching Bernstein and trying to, trying to be like him in winner's circle and, and follow up with the corporate, the corporate leverage that really justifies why corporate American can be over in NHRA camping world drag racing and make money doing it. You know, um, so all of those things were already in my soul. The thing that made me mad is, is, is to, you know, uh, Kelly Klontz, um, uh, Dave, Dave Barron, um, Mark uh, Ingersoll. You know, I don't know. I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah, no, you got it. Um, that was good. You know, Gladstone and, and um, uh, Karen Stouffer. Uh, you know, all these people that race motorcycles, we need them. We got to have them. And, and what, they're not a professional because they don't build their own engines or, you know, they don't, they don't do the professional thing according to Matt. And I just didn't think it was, it was his position to try to drag people down. It's certainly his position to give an opinion, but it sometimes Sometimes you have to flavor your opinion a little bit, especially in our world today, because uh, opinions can be so aggressive and it can spread everywhere. So I just wanted to let people know that Roger Penske didn't build his own engine. You know, he buys, he gets them from, from uh, Roush. Uh, 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 um, yeah, yeah, Roush, Roush Yates. Runway racing engines, right. Roush Yates. Yeah, well, Roush Yates and it's like uh I think Roger Penske is pretty professional, you know? So um, I just, I just wanted him. I just wanted everybody to get another flavor of what, of what Matt was maybe trying to say there. That's where I'll stick up for him. I get At it. least he's aggressive enough to, to say what he's thinking. It, it may be always wrong, <laughs> but it's his brain. And Angie goes to bed with him at night. So, you know, I, <laughs> I thought, I thought, uh, when he come around, when I said, well, go ahead. You know, they're watching right now, right? Like they, 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 they they're watching. Like this is going to be the thing. You guys got to race again this weekend. They watch Matt and Angie watch. They're friends. We of the got show. the Houston trophy. <laughs> and this is where it goes. This is good. This is good stuff because you know what? He's going to be fast. And you're going to be fast. And you know who else is fast? She's fast. And Karen's fast. And there's a bunch of bikes that are fast. And the Buell's just got 10 pounds taken off them, Steve. What do you think about that? I mean, how is that even? 
Matt's got the fat, and Matt's got a bike that goes 228 miles an hour and a quarter mile. We barely go 201, and they take 10 pounds off it because he's not running the bike. I mean, he makes one run. That was a pretty good run he made, you know. Right off the trailer, uh, by the way. Right off the trailer, you got to give that dude credit. He's in the slowest session. In the slowest session. Yeah. And you know, he he did he did pretty he did do pretty good, but it's not him. It's not him. That's not none of that was him. Who was it? It was Nate. Nate's the one, his crew guy. His crew is the people. Matt just shows up. Matt doesn't do anything. I right. seen him fishing. I seen a, everything on social media. Jock lets me know everything. It's yeah. Nate. Nate's the one that works. Nate does work. Nate works. Like, I don't know if any of this is true. See, like, this is, this is like, this rivalry is now flaring up, Steve, because you're winning races now and he's winning races. And like, it's, what is that? And apparently oh Angie works because she she wrecked her thumb or something like that. See, my Are finger. You knocking Angie's thumb situation, that had to hurt terribly. You shouldn't oh do that. My, that's not being mean. I'm just, I'm making it sound like, gosh, she cut her, she chopped her thumb off or her finger off or something. But that, that girl's all in, man. She is one of the toughest ladies I've ever met. Uh, and I, I cried just looking at that thing. Angel, right. Angel, Angel, you know, do you want to do the cam timing? No, no. Uh, oh, 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 how about putting the piston, the, the rings on the bit? No, no, I don't think I can do that. Oh, oh, I know. I can put more glitter on my uniform and my leathers. That's, I know I can do that. I can put more glitter on. <laughs> are you trash talking on gel? You are not. <laughs> that's it's somebody else that's good for our sport she's gotta be there karen karen so i mean there's all these women uh um uh erica and and uh cammy yes camry caruso yes how about that girl she's killing it i'm like i go over to pazinski's and i'm like man you've been over here forever and this girl just shows up and and i'm like gosh darn it i gotta uh, Magee, I'm over at Magee's and and the the blue car. The blue car is the A team over there. And yep. and uh, and and Chris, Chris finally went around further than than than. The okay, so hold on. And Mason, I'm creating a list. People I'm like, hey, Chris, what happened? You went further than Mason. What happened? Okay. So uh, I was like, wow. Uh, anyway, but um, and I'm talking about Grup. And Grubby is so cool because Grubby's a dirt bike guy. Yeah. And and riding back with um uh riding back with Brittany uh in the truck after we won the race, um, they bring all the four all the four champions up to uh no, they bring all the four winners. We're not champions. All the four winners they bring up to the to the starting line, obviously, to do the interviews and stuff. And I was asking her, I'm like. The, the girls were number one in pro stock bike. They were number one uh, in pro stock car. And I thought, I thought she was number one in, uh, but, but um, Torrance pimped her at the end. And then I, Alexis is, Alexis is badass. So um, that's what's so cool about our sport is the, is the, the diversity in, in our sport. And um, I think, I think if we do a better job of doing that, we're going to have, we're going to have more girls and, and more. Uh... This is a special interview, Steve. This is going to be one for the ages. We had Madeline Marconi trying to save PBIR, Matt Hagen, Brittany forces next guys, by the way, she's going to call in in a few minutes, but like you, you're going racing this weekend and you've managed to offend 
Matt Smith, Angie Smith, Angel, Alan Przinsky. Yeah, man. You, uh, you know, you've been here for a couple of years and this girl's already in the final. And Chris McGahey by saying that the blue car is the, the A team over there. You're attacking everybody. What's got, what's got into you? Because I got, before we let you go, I got to ask about valve springs. Oh, well, I, I just, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's heart, heart, heart. Uh, you know, our, our class is, um, our class is really, really cool right now. I, I love, uh. I love our class. Our, our rivalries are real. There's nothing fabricated. We all have our own positions. But 14,000, the more I rev our engine, the faster it goes. And I just love that. It's, it's like, wait, I take that back. So the more I, the more I uh, file the points, the more I file the points on the, my condenser and points plate, the faster it goes. So um, uh, I finally put the right gear on it to make it go mile an hour. So, yeah, two hundred, uh, big deal, big deal. Tell me about the one, two hundred one fifty, I think. Both ends of the track record. So I just talked to George Bryce, and uh, you know he, he's uh, super excited about this whole deal. Um, you're making your own valve springs now. What does that mean? Yeah. Like you coiling wires? Like how do you make valve springs? How does a person well, make a valve spring? This cylinder head has cams, uh, cams up here, right? There's cams up here, and and there's buckets. There's buckets right here, and the buckets go over a spring, and the, the, the spring and the retainer, everything pushes the valve open. Okay, the Vance and Hines engine, this was built, this was designed uh, ten, over 10 years ago, and technology, the way it goes, it is what it is. But this was designed, Monster is the manufacturer, and it's being used in Europe and in Australia, all kinds of places. And it was never legal in NHRA. And then evolution and and uh, uh, lots of crying from uh, from somebody besides Matt, which is a very very rare. Um, they the, uh, they allowed this engine in. And then when it got allowed, then Vance and Hines went to work. And I don't even know what theirs looks like, but it's got finger followers. It's like a GP. But the point is, is our class is so cool that with this kind of engine combination, you can rev an engine to and. You can rev an engine to 14,200 RPM, I promise you, and, and, and it'd be exciting. But the valve springs, the valve springs uh, are, are a, a constant issue, just like, just like the cams and the pistons and everything else. So valve springs, um, valve springs are definitely a, an issue, and uh, um, we're, just, we're just trying to get people to build new parts, and whatever the weak link is, we're moving forward. And and that's what makes it so exciting. Every day, I got a little office right there that's um, 18 by 12, and I spend a 10,000 square foot shop. But 18 by 12 is where I spend 95% of my time working on the engines. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. All right, four wide this weekend. I have a feeling that this interview is going to be a hot topic out there. Are you ready for this race? Your first four wide race of the year. You guys weren't in Vegas. Yeah, we weren't in Vegas. I, I it's a bummer that um um. I mean, Chris, Chris is actually going to at least tie his son at this race. How so? Well, he won't be there. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing to Chris McGay? Hey, aren't they helping you guys? Is this like a comedy <laughs> show you're doing? <laughs> Go Mason. Go Blue Team. <laughs> no, Love he's going to win. That kid is just so cool on the reaction time. And he's just so laid back. It's like, it's just like me. We're just real laid back, 
uh, reserved, uh, yeah. introverted, all that stuff. Very introverted. But I I do miss. It, I it's a bummer. It's a it's a real bummer that uh, that that they're, that they're not there. And and maybe maybe they're taking off this race because they all ha are building spares. They, you got to bring a spare. Uh, to, to the races now that that, that Matt has has created this um this 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 particular situation. Well, it is going to be very interesting to see. But that having been said, I don't find it possible that the car that's the spare, whatever it is, could be just like ready and better than the one you're working for working on. The one that you're working on is is got to be better because you've been running it all weekend. You know it. Wait, sir, you missed the point. When you run at high levels and you're in the semis, you've surely made three runs in one day. You put a lot of stress on your stuff. If there's no time to fix a valve spring, if there's no time to roll in a new rod bearing, if there's no time to change the transmission, if one thing goes wrong, you wheel out the other car. Right. I'm going to the Suzuki dealership after this event or after our interview and yes. I got my PPP loan and I'm going to go get a spare bike. You shouldn't say that on the air, just in case someone is monitoring from the government. Joking. Just a joke. Just a yeah. joke. Steve, this yeah. has been great. Whenever you win, you give such a great interview. You stir the pot. <laughs> you do. And you're going out to NASCAR. Wait, my hat. I got 10 trophies, y'all. I got 10 trophies. Barry, where is Barry? I got to tell you, my my guy, Barry, he, my guy, Barry, Barry, quick, stick your head in, in here. My guy, stick Barry, head, from Phoenix. Look at Barry. this, Barry. You got to get down. Look, we're wearing our matching uniforms, uh, high-performance lubricants. Thank you, David Ward and your whole team. That's Barry. He's doing the clutch. He did the clutch with, uh, and we went and test after Gainesville. We did horrible, 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 horrible. So we went and tested. I took Glenn uh, Dalton with me. And Larry, this guy, Larry Dixon was in Indianapolis and he came and he never seen the inside of a clutch. He did the clutch all day. We went 675, 670 something over there. And uh, so, so Barry come over here and changed the clutch a whole bunch of times. Now he does it at the racetrack and Jock oversees everything. Jock is now, he's, he shot himself. He got married. He had a baby. He's had COVID. Um, he's got a job with benefits. He's, and he's, you know, 14. So he's like all, done all this stuff. Now he's a, what do they call it? He's a car chief. No, Manager. he's a bike chief. He's a bike chief. He just like, you do this, you do that. Like one of those no-show jobs. He's got the sun catcher sitting outside. Yeah, so, the Barry, so Barry's Barry's done all this stuff. And and Barry's got his, his wife in Phoenix. And we were going to, we were going to go get, he, he come as a fan. He was a fan. And I, I bootlegged a couple of t-shirts to him. And, and uh, then we went out to dinner and, and we were going to go over to Total Seal and, Pick me up at the airport, and that's how cool our sport is. Everybody's family. You just don't even have to have the same blood. I love it. Steve, this has been special. Congratulations. Four wide. Four wide. This is your brain. This is your brain on on, on four wide oh. racing. It's it's wow. It's there, folks, there is so much stuff going on up there. You cannot. Hey, Jeffrey Earnhardt, congratulations, brother. Ryan Jeffrey McCormick. Earnhardt won. Uh, no. Second. He was runner. He was second. He was so close. I'm so yeah. proud of you. Everybody. And like, hey, and Larry McReynolds back, you know, like that would have been so cool to get that win. But uh, hey. And right, the three car. He did it in the three car. We flew together on commercial. We normally fly private. We we normally have our own planes, but Why would we? we were flying private. I was with my gal. So my gal sat with his gal and then I sat with him and, and we were in the front of the plane and it was real. We got to tell stories. It was really, really cool. But Congratulations to uh, 
uh, ECR engines and, and, uh, you know, the, I know you didn't win the race, but I mean, Jeffrey, fantastic. So excited for you guys. Uh, and he's got a great sponsor. So, um, it, it's, it's, it's all good, but the four wide race y'all, if you're there, there's going to be three. I know Tony Stewart's bringing 350 people yes. and it's, it, you know, we're, I think we're only bringing 260. Um, we, you know, all the people in our corporate office in, in Louisiana are coming, but it's, it's, um, our, our pit area will be a little bit smaller, but Ken Brady's coming and, and my buddy, Jeff Perella, um, the Dalton's at Superior Machine are coming. It's my Jim Slick Orleans. 50 team, my Slick 50 team. And how about my new guy at Market Scan? Oh my gosh. What is that? Oh my God. It, it, it's my Windows 7. It's trying to remind me to uh, up my Windows 7. Um, Update. So Windows my 7. new guy, Market Scan. Hey, I'm going to announce the school that has the student that won my scholarship. I'm not gonna announce the winner of the scholarship. I'm gonna announce the school that he was at. And then we fly to the school and we talk about opportunities. Most opportunities go by and then people are, what, what was that? Well, they don't get, young people don't understand opportunities like, like some of us. So I do a presentation on opportunities and then we announce the winner and the winner is gonna win our scholarship and market scan uh, look it up on the, on the internet. They are an incredible company. They're they're helping me uh, uh, move that market scan along with ASE and and all these uh, and, and George Aaron's my buddy. It's it's a, it's a fantastic uh, scholarship, and I'm very very proud of it. There it is, Steve. This has been epic. I appreciate you. I will see you this weekend. Thank you. Are we it's still in the green room? Are we going to go live no, in a minute? So that we're going to bring you on in a second. Are you ready? Is that exactly? Are you oh, sure you want to say I'm that? I'm just getting warmed up now. No. I'm getting warmed up. <laughs> Are you sure you want to say that stuff? And this guy, cue the music. Say goodbye to Wally, Steve. There he say goes. goodbye, Steve. Goodbye, Steve. Don't forget to get branded. Get branded. You Don't use do it. something more than a big lighter. More than a big lighter. It's it just hurts. It's yeah, you it need something that burns. Thank you, Steve. Steve Johnson, everybody. Steve Johnson. Wow, what was that? Steve Johnson. And now I text Brittany. Now, now, Brittany Force will join us. Wow. Chris McGahey, the B team. Alan Prasinski. This girl's been here two weeks and you've been here 10 years. Angel doesn't know how to do uh, anything on the bike. WFO, are you out there on the phone line? Who's this? Hi, it's Brittany Force. Brittany Force, Joe Costello, you are on the air. Hopefully, the audience can hear Brittany and you can hear me. Can you hear me? I sure can. Oh, my gosh. Brittany, we just had Steve Johnson on the air, and he attacked everybody in the awesome. sport in a fun way, except for you. You got oh. off the hook somehow. <laughs> you got off the hook somehow. Oh, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> but if I'm a little, like, deranged, it's just because I'm, like, coming down. I'm coming down from that. So I don't know if I want to ask you to keep the intensity up or to help me uh, relax after the intense interview with Steve Johnson. But we've got Brittany Force via Skype. After a whole shot victory against Justin Ashley, Brittany, 41 reaction time. What was up with that? Where'd that come from? Good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's, I, I'm not one to, to deny it. One place I struggle is reaction times and, um, we've lost races on that. And that's something that's tough for driver to overcome and get past and, put it behind you and move forward. And then you end up doing it again. So um, it's one of the toughest parts um, in this, you know, in this career for me is keeping your focus up there and cutting good reaction times. It sounds so easy when you're, when I'm standing up there on the start line, watching other cars go down 
and you're watching on TV, it's just, it seems so easy. But when you strap yourself into a car that goes 330 miles per hour, less than four seconds, when you launch and you're feeling, you know, six G's, a hundred feet out, you're staring down that amber, trying to keep your car in the groove when it's dropping holes, it's, it's, there's a lot going on in a short amount of time. And it's hard to, you know, make sure you're on top of your toes and keeping your head in the game. And really, it all comes down to keeping your focus and, and not letting distractions get in. And it's so hard just to focus on just one thing. Your mind's just always running and you're thinking a million different things. So to be able to find that and, you know, actually really perform well all weekend long, two weekends in a row, Vegas and Houston, um, very proud of my entire team, but that one was definitely for them. Um, I owe them one. So that was for them. All right. And I, I, I'm harping on this because to me, it's the most interesting aspect watching an athlete be challenged and feel the, the moment and live up to the moment. And I, you know, I, I want to know why, like, I want to know why. And going 41, did you just tag it? Like, did you just see it real well? Was that possible last year? Could you have gone 41? Have you like trained your brain? Have you trained your muscles? Have you changed the car? Um, 41 is Antron territory, right? Like that's at Justin Ashley. That's Austin Proc. That's Antron. If Brittany Force starts being able to pull a 41 when she wants to, that's going to change things out there in the NHRA. And so I'm just kind of wondering about that, if you could elaborate. Well, it's a final round. You're um, going into a final round. There's just, there's more there. There's more on the line. It's a final round, and we have Jeff Nashlin laying next to us. He's one of the best leavers in the sport. He always has killer reaction time. I mean, through qualifying, um, every time I've ever run him, so we knew we had to bring it and we didn't have lane choice. We lost lane choice. And that was a key factor and hopefully turn it on a win light. So I knew I just had to figure it out. And really it's about finding that focus. And, and like I said earlier, just clearing out the distraction. It is like laser beam focus. You are not thinking about anything, but staring at that bulb and reacting. And it's a tough, it's tough to get there and to be able to pull it off and do it. But I knew we had to step it up. I knew I had to step it up, um, you know, from, you know, throughout the day. And uh, reaction time was where I needed to do it, especially against him. And, uh, again, I found it. We got it done. But I need to figure out how to repeat that and continue doing that throughout the season. Yeah, back-to-back wins. That's a big deal. And now you're going to four wide uh, in Charlotte, which is a different kind of experience, but the last one of the year, right? We won't do this again. Four wide season is over mm-hmm. after this weekend. Um, but, you know, you've got to be feeling really good about where you are, what your chances are. So let's look ahead to the four wide uh, for a second. You know, before you do that, actually, I think I owe it to the people of Houston to get your opinion on them, right? Final race. How were they to you? at that sold out event before we move on. uh, I want to hear what you have to say about those people because it was special. The Houston fans are just incredible and it's bittersweet that, you know, we're ending. um, I've been racing there throughout my whole career. I've been going there, um, you know, watched my dad since I was a kid. So a lot of great memories come out of Houston raceway. Um, A lot of them in winter circles. We've won there, uh, you know, multiple times. And, um, you know, to be closing down and, um, 
We won't be returning. It's the final race there in Houston. We wanted to go out on a high note. I said it coming in and uh, to be able to give the fans the best show we could. Uh, you know, we got the Monster Energy Flavor Pack car back in the winter circle two weekends in a row. And uh, we put the speed record 333 up on the board. And uh, I think we all went out on a high note. Put a good show on for the fans. It was a close, you know, final round race against, um, you know, our team and, and Justin Ashley's team. I, I think we all put on a good show. It was exciting to be a part of it and uh, celebrate with them in the winter circle. Yeah, big, big celebration. You're right. The crowd went wild. And that speed record, that's another one, right? Just uh, mm -hmm. if it's the final race, you will go down in history as the final speed, the queen of speed out there at Houston Raceway Park, which oh, is pretty okay. amazing. A track that you've won at three yeah, times. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and you won there three times. That's the only track that you've won at three mm -hmm. times. Yeah, correct. Um, they were all big wins for me. Uh, 2000, let's see, 2018. Um, it was my first win after that Pomona wreck. So um, it was an emotional win for me, but a very special one. And then in 2019, I did it with my, it was a new team coming on board, a new sponsor, a whole lot of shift and change for John First Racing and me and myself as a driver. Uh, we came on with Advanced Auto Parts and top to bottom, David Grubnick, Max Savage, all my guys that I'm with now, they came on board. So that was a big win for a new team. And then this, time around in houston it was a back-to-back -back win so all those wins have been very special for me all right now go four wide here we go charlotte different kind of four wide than vegas tracks are you know they're both four wide but their surface is different the weather is different the air is different there's a whole lot of different tell me about this four wide race um i'm excited to get there just because we came off a four wide win in vegas uh i won four wide charlotte back in 2016 uh, so again, you have that confidence going in with your team. You've done it before. You can do it again. Um, we have, we've had luck, you know, at, at racetracks like we, like I did in Houston. I've won there three times. So we're looking to do that again in Charlotte. Um, uh, we'd love to land in another winter circle and, uh, go three in a row. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's tough. It's, it's one run in each lane. Uh, lane choice will be key consistency, consistent runs all weekend long, but I think we have good weather. We should be good. That is great. That is great. All right. You know, you're following Steve Johnson going nuts. I know you weren't listening or watching because you're out kind of taking care of business, but this guy called out everyone in his class, like in other classes and everyone, like he was so happy at his Wally and it was just nuts. And then, you know, Brittany Forrest is like talking analytical, like top <laughs> fuel mentality, which I appreciate. Well, now I got to ask. Did he say anything about John Force Racing? No, he did. I gotta know. <laughs> he did not. He did okay. not say anything about John Force Racing. He attacked Pro Stock. He Chris McGahey. It was all in love, though, in my opinion. Like if okay. I had to, it was like wrestling, right? He was doing a wrestling interview. I, do you ever watch wrestling, Brittany? Like when you were a kid? No, I I'm not sure what that is. You know, world wrestling, like but you know, like Hulk Hogan. Oh yes. <laughs> I misunderstood what you said. Well, no, you yeah. understood okay. correctly. I, I called it wrestling because that's what you're supposed to call it, wrestling, as opposed to wrestling. But he, he was doing... <laughs> I guess I'm not a big wrestling fan then. <laughs> well, no, I understand. But, uh, yeah, the guy uh, was off... You know who he reminded me of? Let me guess. Yeah, guess. I'm going to go with 16 time champ. John that, Force. that is correct. He reminded me a little bit of 16 time <laughs> champ, John force. The energy level was through the roof, which is crazy. But you know, what's funny, Brittany is I'm starting to notice like confidence brings forth uh, that, 
right? And like maybe 16 time became the way he is because he was winning so much. And the more you're winning, like you popped off at me in the media center and it made me laugh. It was hysterical. I had to run out of there mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, that hurts. Like, right. Like quick wit, quick wit, uh, funny. And that's something that I, oh yeah, no, he did talk about grubby. Steve just texted me. He goes, no, I talked about grubby being a dirt bike guy and that he loves grubby. So he, he, he shouted out your guy, but it was mm -hmm. the, uh, it was, the, oh, cool. it was the positive comment. But so let me ask you about, okay. about humor, Brittany, like, mm -hmm. you know, do you like comedy? Do you like, are you, uh, you know, like you obviously have a quick wit and a quick humor and the more that you're like winning and relaxed and having fun out there. I don't know, man. I think you're capable of a quick burn here or there. <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on the moment. Um, it, you know, there's been moments where you climb out of your car and you're in the heat of battle and, you know, things will fly out of your mouth. Um, but there's also moments like when you're talking about in the press room, it's the end of the day. So we're done working for the day. I'm relaxed, feeling good. And, you know, just that humor comes out. Um, but if it's before first round, uh, I'm telling you, um, I'm focused. There's it. That's all I'm thinking about. It's first round. Uh, no matter if someone comes up and wants to start a conversation, I'm still thinking about first round. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Brittany, thank you very much. Appreciate Heads you. In the game. Yeah. Well, it, and it makes perfect sense, right? Like uh, after you've won, you've conquered, that's when the back slapping and the fun stuff happens when you're in the heat of the battle. Exactly. Uh, you're not really ready for that kind of nonsense. And fans should understand that too, by the way, especially with autographs. And all that, uh, it makes perfect sense. Brittany, I will see you this weekend. Good luck at four wide. The Thank four you. wide sweep. You know, the only problem with the four wide sweep is what that? it doesn't pay. If you win both, I think there should be like a 50 grand or a 20 grand or a 10 grand bonus sponsored by somebody out there in the world. Uh, I think that would make it better. If someone sweeps four wide, they should get a bonus of some sort. Do you agree? I like it. I agree. I will be putting that out there. Yeah, put Go it out there. Charlotte's put it out there, Britt. All right, thank you, Brittany. Have fun. Thank you so much, Joe. There she goes, Brittany Force, with us here on WFO Radio. And there you go. How about this edition of WFO Radio? You got to share the show, folks. This is one that you probably want to share. Most importantly, because of Madeline Marconi and Save PBIR and Save Drag Strips Everywhere and her willingness to help. And I positioned her right in between all of that so that it will get, it will get shared. It will get shared. Now I do want to tell you about one more thing, but I want your comments in the comment section right now, put your comments in the comment section right now about anything that you heard on this show. And I'm going to tell you about two things as we part ways. It's been a particularly long show and some people have suggested and heard that maybe I'm under the weather, uh, but maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just fine. You never know. Big thanks to the folks at VP Racing Fuels. Have come on board with WFO Radio for a while this year. Go to vpracingfuels.com. If you like this kind of content and you want to get to know the people involved in NHRA drag racing, like Camry Caruso, who made the final round as number one qualifier using VP lubricants in her Titan Racing Engines Pro Stocker, definitely go to vpracingfuels.com and sign up for their newsletter. Thank you, VP, for supporting WFO. And Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, Matt Hartford, Keith Jones, Lake Speed Jr. We've got a special podcast that we create for them. Greg Anderson is the recent guest, but there are countless other guests that are willing to share the secrets of their success. 
SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. But really, it's all an exercise so that all the engine builders out there that are watching right now, you heard Steve Johnson shout out to Total Zeal also. It's kind of total domination of the people who run fast and win races. They all use Total Seal. If your engine builder is not, and if you are not, I contend you're making a mistake. Totalseal.com. Phillips Connect. Do you sell trailers? Are you a trailer uh, sales business? Are you a fleet of trucks? Do you run a fleet of trucks? Are you a big giant corporation with a fleet of trucks and trailers? Folks at Philip Connect make sensors to keep your loads and your drivers safer out there on the road, whether it be trailer temperature, whether it be tire pressure monitoring and countless others. Jim Epler is at the core of this branch of Philips. It is a massive technology company. This is an enterprise business, so they do not sell directly to the public. But if you're interested, you can find the dealer near you by going to phillips-connect.com. And obviously, they are on the side of Justin Ashley's machine, which came uh, runner-up in the final round to Brittany Force, a great bounce-back weekend. FTI Performance Transmissions. FTI. Doing a great job. And all you got to think about is the spring fling at Galat, where FTI cars battled in the final. The Rabbit versus Troy Williams Jr. The results speak for themselves. They're located in DeLand, Florida. Torque converters, transmissions, not just for dot .90 cars and bracket cars, but for high horsepower, top dragsters, top sportsmen, and pro-modified cars. Guys like Spence Massey. Spencer's going to be back. Got to talk to Spencer this weekend about runnering up at the Spring Fling Million. And, you know, is it... Is, is that a good thing or is that an annoying thing? I guess it all depends how the cut was. Our premier sponsors here on WFO Radio, but still got Marvin Rodak, 817-924-6821. Coffee and hot sauce and spice rub. Guys, if you're not drinking a little Rodax coffee each day, you're missing out on life. Rodaxcoffeeandgrills.com. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure, where you can drive a dragster for not very much money, get the whole experience and learn to love it and samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. We always say it, start your education with full speed, at full speed. Motorsport EFI tuning, blockhead, CNC programs, etc. samtech.edu. And then there's our Patreons. This is the VIP Listener Club, guys. They get a little bit of swag. Patreons, I haven't mailed out the swag just yet, but I will, I promise. I'm waiting for more people to join so I can send out a big bulk thing, right? And what do you get? You get stickers, you get a patch, you get a pin. You get a bunch of good stuff. And you also get the specialized content and all the behind the scenes activity that's going on. Patreon.com slash WFO radio. Go to the website, WFORadio.com, where in our store, you can get t-shirts and hats and all of that stuff. All right, let's see what people have to say about this one. You can get a coffee mug. You know who doesn't have a WFO coffee mug? You know who doesn't have one of those? This guy. I got my nitro barrel coffee mug. I guess I got to get one. All right, guys, what did you think of that? Let's see what people have to say. Good luck to Stubo this weekend. Sue Morris, who is one of our Patreons, Dave and Sue Morris, Morris Racing. They Dave runs Super Gas and Super Comp. Sue is his crew chief, Stubo, Super Gas crew chief, who is also a Patreon, who is also, you know, de facto co-host of the Ignition Show now. She and Giovanni Miami. She is entered in her first ever NHRA national event this weekend in Super Street. It's a red Camaro, guys. So if you're going to watch on NHRA.tv, be sure to watch out 
for Sue Morris. Blake, these are my weekend picks. Angie, John Force, Brittany Force. That would be a good weekend. Gary says, Steve got a new friend today. Go racing Montana karting. Yeah. Madeline Marconi. Steve Johnson. By the way, Steve. Not, not even. You know what? All other racers. You see what Steve just did? That was entertaining. That was fun. It was a little wild. It was a little crazy. It was a little on the edge. Maybe he'll have to fight off the McGahays or lose the people who are helping him home. But that was like wrestling, baby. That was like wrestling. Like Dusty Road, the American dream, daddy. Hard times. You get to go watch. Plant, close it. Anyway, I'm not doing a good Dusty Rose because I'm under the well. Did I hear that Pontiac is coming back? No, Pontiac is not coming back. That's a rumor I started. Uh, did Grubnick get the spring Nats sign hopped up? Yeah, I took a photo of the spring Nats sign. He's trying to make it run 3.30. Steve Johnson was great. Thanks. Monica, fun show today. Thanks for doing what you do. Safe travels. Thank you, Monica. Keith, sounded great. Awesome show. Support the sponsors. Join the Patreon group, says Keith. He's getting his value out of it. He likes it. And Jay Blake, whose team won in ATCO. And uh, so many others supporting WFO. <clears throat> I'm fading fast, guys. Looking forward to hopefully meeting you at Norwalk in June. Thanks for everything, says Mike. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. And that's the thing about WFO, guys. This is a community. And I am slightly, uh, I mean, I won't say I'm in control of it. It's kind of happening around me. And I'm losing control of it day by day. But that's fine. I don't, I don't you know, we don't have leaders here. Naysayers stop naysaying. You heard me say that. That's right. Save PBIR. Mark, you know, Facebook is like one of the worst inventions in the history of man because you really can see what people really think all the time. And watching people who spent their lives racing at a facility just roll over and play dead and give up and quit. It's like not exactly the kind of person you want to be in a foxhole with, right? Not that any of us have to be in a foxhole at any time. But then again, I think the Ukrainians were thinking that not that long ago. Enjoyed the show. Entertaining guests. Thank you, Brittany 3 Pete in Houston. She won three uh, races there. She didn't win three in a row there. But 3 Pete in Charlotte, that's possible. And you shouldn't say 3 Pete. Pat Riley could sue you. Brittany has come so much more outgoing uh, from her alcohol. Brittany has become so much more everything. I have been an advocate of Brittany for since the very beginning because, um, you know, not everybody is like this open, gregarious character. When John Force is your dad, you know what solves every problem is winning. Winning solves every problem. And she is doing a great job. She clapped back at me, and, I, you know, it was in a fun and funny way. Josh Hatchett, who's running the media center in the NHRA, is like, hey, do you want to run this interview uh, right now? And I said, uh, no. And she goes, that hurts. Just like, bang. Whip smart, quick, but, and I feel that too. Like I can be, uh, I can be, you know, pretty quick, but I got to hold it back because I don't want to make people mad because people will tend to get mad from time to time. And I don't want to do that to anybody accidentally. Oops. But she, she let me have it. And I walked out. Brittany winning back-to-back -back races is the best thing I've seen in a long time. Go, Brittany. Conquer Charlotte as well. Keith Kaufman, Sport WFO sponsors. There you go. All right. And that's that. Did I get them all? I think I did. I think I did, peoples. And let's get out of here. Would love to help WFO any way I can. Need a moderator? Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Keith. Keith is great. Keith. So when are you going to send me the sign, Keith, for the wall? What happened to that? I'm kidding, Keith. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send it to you. Keith has got this like amazing sign from Moroso. 
and he wants it to send it to me. And we talk in Gainesville. Hi, Joe. Bye, Joe. Alaska? He wanted me to go to Santa Alaska. Joe, you should come up to Alaska Raceway and visit this summer. You know what, Carlos? That's a great idea, buddy. Love the longer interviews. Can't wait to get out here in Norwalk. Patreon meetup at India. Yeah, Patreon meetup, Indy, and Vegas too, and maybe another one. We did a shortened ignition show last night also, just specifically to tell everybody about two more. Steve Johnson is out there. Too much negativity. When we win, it's a major shot of uh, 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 adrenaline. Is that supposed to be adrenaline or is that really adrenaline? No, man, that's not negativity, Steve. I loved what you did. I loved what you did. I felt like you were like Rowdy Roddy Piper. And I wish more people in the drag racing community would just let it fly. Just like that. Everybody loved it. I loved it. I don't know what Matt and Angie thought. But deep down, I think they probably loved it too. Eddie. See you on Thursday, Eddie. 7.30. Thank you, Blake. Get off so we can go back and hear Steve. <laughs> I agree. I'm not going to do it on the air. I'll send it to you. I can send you a Banks Power sign put in the background in a t-shirt. You can send me whatever. I love stuff. All right, guys. This one has been special. If you enjoyed it, go to the WFO store and buy some stuff and support our sponsors. I will be out in Charlotte this weekend. I hope to see you all there. And uh, I think the saga will continue. Remember, Madeline Marconi, most important thing that happened on this show. WFO, guys, save PBIR.